Hey friends, today we're in Proverbs 29, verses 20 through 24. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than him. Whoever pampers his servant from childhood will in the end find him his heir. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. The partner of a thief hates his own life. He hears the curse, but discloses nothing. So today's um, verses give us kind of a conglomeration, you might say, of some of the very ways of mankind, um, even in the common everyday things. Uh, there are these red flags that uh, show us the state of our heart, uh, and many times we overlook them. Um, they serve, though, as a warning, and they point us to repentance and uh, to look to Jesus Christ as our hope and let him be working in us. So let's look at these verses today, and, and you might ask yourself, I mean, does this apply to me in any way, and is there any red flags? Remember, as we read these, it's the righteousness of Jesus that marks us as, as not guilty before God. But if we have accepted his righteousness, then he is going to be at work in our life, in all these things we look at. And if we don't see him working in these areas, it's a red flag. All right, let's look at verse 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Um, guilty, right? I mean, I am hasty in my words often. And the sobering thing about this is that the wisest man on earth says there is more hope for a fool than for this person. And this should cause me to turn away from speaking hastily. And, you know, I don't take this lightly, uh, at least I try not to, even though I continue many times to speak hastily. I ask the Lord for help in this on a regular basis, and He's working on me. So that's a good thing. I mean, hasty words are, are like directly connected to our flesh and the things of the body and uh, what we think we say. And, and these are like cutting words towards others. So. They come out when we're jealous uh, or, or when we're judgmental or when we think we have the right answers. <laughs> we spurt out these words without even thinking about them. Um, and they can be words that tend to divide. Uh, and they are words that are empty of love for others. So if we let this be our standard all our life, if God is not working in these areas, this can be a red flag, and um, Solomon says so there will be more hope for a fool than us. And in the, in the very end, I mean, that's the way it will be, right? There will be no hope. And if we haven't turned to Christ, our hasty words will lead us on a path to hell. And the thing is, um, many times words can lead others on that same path because they affect others in, in bad ways. Let's go to verse 21. Whoever pampers his servant from childhood will in the end find him his heir. 
So most of us don't have servants today, but we can see the application pretty clear, I think. Um, the concept is that if we coddle, if we cater to, if we spoil a servant from childhood, one day that servant will rule over your house and will control your legacy, possibly even consume all of your inheritance. And so as for spiritual application, uh, consider this. If we look at sin as something that serves us, and if we coddle it year after year, if we don't turn away, in the end, we will find out that sin will define our legacy. Uh, we'll look back in retrospect. We'll see how it was actually ruling over us all along. And even more so, I think, because we continued to pamper and encourage and defend it. Um, even after it became our master, we will have traded the inheritance we could have had in the glory of God through Jesus for an inheritance from sin in hell. All right, verse 22. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. This uh, phrase, stirs up strife, it stands out to me. So the picture I see is like this big pot with a few pieces of strife in it, and um, maybe sitting in the bottom. And then someone comes along, an angry man, a foolish man, he stirs the pot, and what happens is that the whole pot becomes saturated, um, infused with strife. So, I mean, we see strife and anger in our life, and it comes out in things like gossip and, and greed and uh, jealousy, really any sin, I think. It's kind of like the man who catered to his servant, his sin, in the previous verse, it came to rule over him. This, uh, this anger, uh, it infuses our very being. And, and, and words of anger, uh, they simmer and they, they overflow. And uh, they affect others as well, right? And cause them to go down that same path of anger. So we need the, the pieces of strife taken out of the pot. Even then, though, we're infused with this sin and we need... Um, Jesus and the righteousness that he offers. He makes the whole pot clean. He is the one who sweetens the pot. If we don't look to him, then we're going to wind up saturated in poison for eternity and will likely lead others down the same path. All right, verse 23. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. You know, some have said that dog is man's best friend, but I think it's actually pride. Pride is man's best friend. This verse, I think, is a pretty simple one. It takes humility to come to Christ, not pride. It takes humility to know him, to treasure him above our fleshly desires. And I suppose every fell in the Bible is linked to pride. We see it first with Satan, when he was known as Lucifer, right? the beautiful angel of God who wanted glory equal to God's. He was cast out of heaven, cast out of God's fellowship, and he went to Eve and he told her that God was a liar. And 
that she could actually disobey God and be like God. So just the way he wanted to be like God, I think he was selling that same temptation to Eve. And it's, it's pride. That's what it is to raise ourselves up and take some of the glory from God that, that he alone deserves. And then she sold the same lie to Adam and pride. It brought them low as it did with, with Satan. It'll do the same for us. And if we're hasty to run to pride, if we coddle our pride as our best friend and let it stew in our life, like all the other, other examples Solomon showed us, pride will lead us to spend eternity away from God and in a place created for Satan and his angels. So verse 24 then, the final verse of today's devotion says, the partner of a thief hates his own life. He hears the curse but discloses nothing. So I think this thief, again, is like the servant we cuddle, who becomes our ruler. He's like pride that, that a man loves, and yet it brings him low. And all today's Proverbs include this principle in some context. The thing or the attitude or the one who we believe will bring us happiness will be our downfall. Um, well, when the partner of this thief is being addressed by the judge on the witness stand. He will stay silent. He will not betray this one who has become his companion, his friend, the thief. So he hears the witnesses uh, and he knows he has he found out. Um, he even knows what punishment will befall him. But like the man who cuddled his servant, he would not relent even as he took all that he possessed. Even so, this partner of a thief is vested in thievery and it will lead to his death, um, even separation from the fellowship of God forever. So I think all these examples today are red flags for our life. And, and so today, not tomorrow, but today, even now, may we turn away from uh, sin and the promises of sin that all lead to misery and look to the greatest treasure in the universe that, that leads to life. And I hope God has opened your eyes to see him as the greatest treasure because he is. And, and that's the good news. I mean, Jesus did all these things for us, all these things mentioned today. He lived a perfect life for us. And he gives his righteousness to all who delight in him, all who believe in him, all who call upon him, for all who accept what he did for us on the cross. He was paid the wages of our sin with his death. And he rose up from the grave. And in his resurrection, he gives us resurrection power to now overcome sin as we walk with him. And so now we're able to do these things that, uh, that Solomon has been talking about because we have the power of his resurrection working in our lives. And so he is the one that's working on us and in us and through us. So yes, these things we looked at today, they matter and they're still red flags for our life. But if we've received the righteousness of Jesus, he is now at work in us practically, and he's conforming us 
to himself. And one day we will be raised up as he was raised uh, to be with him forever. Amen. I hope you have a great day in the Lord today.